Welcome to the Relationship Help Show, your time with Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor. Through the magic of the internet, Dr. Shaler provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis to people throughout the world, and she's here for you now. Whether you are experiencing a momentary blow-up or the crazy making of life with a partner, ex, child, or parent who is relentlessly difficult, you'll get your questions answered and enjoy her expert guests. Settle in with Dr. Roberta Shaler now. Leave the drama behind and find peace of mind on today's Relationship Help Show. Here's Dr. Shaler. Hello and welcome to the Relationship Help Show, Handling Hijackal Havoc. I'm so excited about today's show. Of course, I'm excited about every day's show, but today we're going to talk about dating and we haven't spoken of that much lately. So really, if you're out in the world dating or you're just getting back into the world of dating, there's some big considerations. What if you've been terribly hurt or betrayed or you've lost your trust? Maybe you don't even trust yourself to know how to choose somebody or what to look for or where to start. And you're not sure that you can get over what you've been through and yet you're longing for companionship and you want to get somewhere, somewhere good. (laughs) And so it's very important to know what the steps are. So today we're going to talk about how to improve your dating radar. It's really important to know, and you have to prepare to do that. So there's a segment on your dating radar and what can you do to improve it? What do you need to do in order to feel confident that you can go out in the dating world and choose well? Not just be chosen, because anybody can be chosen. It is to choose well when you're doing the choosing because your dating radar is in good shape. And then we're going to have in the program my friend and colleague Lorna Poole. Lorna's from Ireland and she's done some phenomenal things. Um, And now what she's focusing on is smart, savvy, successful women who are single and are looking for a great guy And she helps them master the dating phase for getting asked out to saying, I do. Don't you love that? She helps them, as she says, she she helps them master the dating phase from getting asked out to saying, I do. And she did it. And she tells us about the disaster that she had before she managed to figure it all out, which is what she shares with you. She's a dating coach and she's here and we're going to talk about how she went from dating disaster to finding the love of her life and what it took, what she actually had to go through, what she had to think about, all the things that she had to shift in her mindset and her outlook, how she had to overcome certain beliefs that she had about herself and her uh, ability to find the person that she wanted to spend the rest of her life with. And then in the last segment, I'm going to talk about what to do if you're afraid to trust after you've left a relentlessly difficult person, a hijackal, because we can just 
be betrayed by someone, and I shouldn't say just, of course, we we can have a betrayal or we can have a big blow up or we could finally leave a relationship that's caused us a lot of pain. And we kind of know what to do because we're angry and we have to heal and get over all of that. But getting over having been with a hijackal, a person who is really dedicated to kind of destroying your soul, and, and it's not that that's their purpose. I shouldn't make it that, sound like that. It's not what they set out to do. It's just how they are. And getting out in the world again after you have been in a hijackal relationship, a little trickier than your average dating scene. You're kind of questioning, what about my radar? And that's what I'm, I offer a segment on, on your dating radar today. And then if I can trust myself and I can trust my dating radar, then maybe something good can happen. Maybe I can find the right person. So that's what today's show is all about. Giving you some clues and some insights, some tips and some what not to do's and some learning from vast experience of disastrous relationships. We're going to bring it all to you today so that you are understood. I understand. It's tough. It is really tough. And from what I hear from my clients, it's getting tougher. And online dating seems to have become an incredible place to find hijackals and to have them find you. And that's really sad because you go out there all well-intentioned, putting your best foot forward, wanting to trust, wanting to find the right person, finding a companion, somebody you can share life and love with. And then you've got to wade through all of these hijackals. That's not good at all. So we're going to talk about that today. And remember that if you want more things to read or more things to watch or more things to learn, go to my website at For Relationship Help. Lots of blogs, lots of articles there for you, lots of interviews that I've done before, lots of places I have been interviewed. So there's a ton of stuff there for you. And also go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash For Relationship Help. Lots of specific videos there on what to do and how to do it. So stay tuned. We're going to have an absolutely fabulous show on improving your dating life after disaster. Stay tuned. Hello, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are these stories and questions on today's show sounding familiar to you? Are you ready to say no more to the abuse from toxic people in your life? I'm so glad. You matter and you deserve to have real love, true love in your life. Love from yourself and love from others. Not that demeaning, discounting, and dismissive masquerade that a hijackal pretends is love. I can help you regain yourself, your self-esteem, your self-confidence after a life with a hijackal, whether it was your partner, an ex, a parent, or a child. Let's work together now. For individual sessions or small group coaching, visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join. Talk soon. How's your date radar? You know, some people don't have a very good picker 
and I want to say that really carefully, P-I-C-K-E-R. They're, they've chosen poor people in the past. They lose their trust in their ability to find the right person or to be able to scope out whether or not this person in front of them is the right person. And they're second-guessing themselves all the time. So if you've had poor behavior from a previous partner or you haven't been lucky in the dating pool, then really need to look at how is your dating radar. When you meet somebody, are you more interested in finding out who they are or are you more interested in having them approve of you? Now, that's a big difference. And I noticed many times when I used to read dating profiles or when a client would ask me to read their dating profile, that they were all about pleasing the other person. They were trying to be the person someone else would want. And they would write about it that way as though it were a job interview and they were applying. So they were trying to please the other person. Now, that doesn't work because you're the one who has to be pleased. And if that other person is not who you want them to be, you won't notice it if you're so longing for them to like you. You just won't have that ability to pick that up. So to start having dating radar that actually works and will save you from disaster, it's really important to start with you. What do you want? And equally important to know what do you not want? In fact, it's so important for you to do those things that I highly recommend that you write them down in detail. Take enough time. What are the qualities that I want? What's really important to me? What do I want a person to value? What do I want them to have as their mission in life? How important it is for our beliefs to mesh in some way, our beliefs about how the world works, how money works, what life is all about, maybe your spiritual beliefs, maybe your political beliefs. How important is all that to you? And you need to know that. And then you need to know what your next best steps are. Where am I going in life right now? And you need to put that in the list of someone that you are looking for because they need to be in alignment with that. And then make that other list. People I don't want. People I've already experienced and it hasn't gone well. Traits that I know I don't react to well. Now, it could be something simple like this. Do you know that there are people who have a casual sense of time and people who have a very formal sense of time? A person with a casual sense of time will go 10, 15, 30 minutes in either direction. When you say one o'clock, they're going to come at 125 and they're going to be very upset if you mention it because they have a casual approach to time. And if you have a formal approach to time, you're going to be there five minutes early at least, and you're going to expect the person to be there at one o'clock. And as they're not there, you go through a series of, of uh, thoughts. This person is caught in traffic. It's okay. This person's still coming. Pretty soon your thoughts go to how dare he or she? Why don't they respect my time? And that's because you have different 
beliefs about time, different ways that you use time. So maybe on your list of things you don't want is you don't want someone who's casual with time or you don't want someone who is very formal with time because that seems really difficult and hard to meet and stultifying to you. None of these are good or bad or right or wrong. They just are. But what needs to be on your list is what pleases you, what satisfies you so that you clearly know. And then when you go out, you have a blueprint. Like, it's about me finding the right person for me. It's not about me trying to be the right person for them. I hope that makes sense to you because it's a huge, huge concept. It's about you looking for a person who's right for you, not you trying to be the person somebody else wants. And that's a big dating red flag. Now, if you're looking for someone and this person comes on as too charming, too interested, you almost feel like you're being a little bit smothered, watch for that. Because, you know, I talk about hijackles all the time, those relentlessly difficult people in life. Why you need to be aware of that, sadly, because who doesn't want attention and charm? But why do you need to be focused on that is because if they're too good to be true and seem too good to be true, they likely are too good to be true. You want to be with somebody who's just willing to walk slowly into the water of the relationship pool with you. Not somebody who wants to make you rush into something and then they will let you drown. And that's what happens when you're with a hijackal. So you have to have your eyes on what you want. And you have to be believing your gut. So important. How many times do you have a gut feeling and you, you make an excuse or you rationalize or you justify? No, that couldn't be right. I couldn't be right. Start to listen to your gut. So you're wrong a couple times. It doesn't matter. Start listening to your gut. If it seems off, it's off for you. That's all you need to know. You don't have to be right even. It's just not right for you. So getting this radar right is an important thing and it requires preparation. As I said, make those lists. Think about it. Think about them in terms of people you have been with, whether those are previous partners or your parents. It doesn't matter. Things that you really like, things that you don't like, things that you want more of, things that you don't want ever. So important. And then be willing to state your boundaries. I was talking with a woman the other day who started to date and the fellow was really coming on physically to her. And she said to him in a very respectful way, you know, I'm in no hurry with this. I'm looking to have a relationship that grows slowly over time and isn't based on on sex. She said, I would like it to grow and I would like you to respect my boundaries. So the person said, oh, I'm sorry, you know, and backed off. The next time, same thing happened. The next time, same thing happened, except that he got a little annoyed with her. And she said to me, what do you think I should do? 
And I said, I think you should say no when he calls. She said, oh, but, you know, he's got these other things that I really like. And, you know, I said, a guy who gets angry on the third date that you are not willing to be as affectionate, we'll use that term, as he would like, is not a person who's looking for a long-term relationship. This is a person who's looking for something a little shorter than that. And he's already annoyed because he didn't get what he wanted already. And the same thing happens with women. If you're with a woman hijackal, she's all over you like a tent. She's going to give you everything you ever wanted and more. She's going to be very quick to uh, make you feel like you've died and gone to heaven. And if that happens, you know, open up your eyes, use your radar and say, Whoa, if it's too if it seems too good to be true, it likely is too good to be true. You gotta get your dating radar in, in order. And the sooner the better, because you don't want to have a lot of war stories to sit around and talk about with other people about the dating pool. And you don't want any long-term relationships that you got into and feel you can't get out. And always beware of someone who says they want to marry you or they love you on the first date. Be very, very wary. Don't, if someone wants to move in quickly, wants to marry you quickly, or wants to have a baby quickly, these are big red flags. Watch for them. Have your relationships on your timeline to your desires for a partner. Keep these things in mind. So important. You need to improve your dating radar. Talk soon. Life as a couple can be exciting and enriching. You both feel supported, known, heard, and appreciated. You know you're safe. Is that what you're experiencing? Does your partner have your back? Can you be vulnerable safely? Do you trust each other fully? Would you say you were emotionally intimate? If not, things can get much better. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and I work with couples just like you all over the world by video conferencing. If you want a world-class relationship, learn how now. Visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join and schedule a time to work together. Let's talk soon. forrelationshiphelp.com slash join. I'm really happy to have my colleague, Lorna Poole, all the way from beautiful Emerald Isle with us today. And Lorna and I have spoken together on air before, and we've had some great talks about how we move from maybe being a bit of an attractor for the bad boys in life to getting a little more conscious and uh, saying, what do I really want? What do I deserve? And what am I going to attract? So let me tell you a little bit about Lorna. I'm going to read it for you. And then we're going to get into this fascinating discussion. Because Lorna is a dating coach and she helps smart, savvy, successful women, single women, find love. And with a great guy, no hijackals, a great guy by showing you how to master the dating game from getting asked out to saying I do. 
She's the founder of Lorna Poole Magnet for Love Coaching, and she founded that after her admitted own love disaster. We'll ask her about that in a bit. And she decided it was time to get it right. So she did a lot of thinking about that and soul searching and realized that she kept attracting the wrong guys and knew if she never took her own life seriously, she wouldn't meet her Mr. Right. And luckily for Lorna, we all know that she did meet him, and now she has the beautiful Ellie in her life to prove it. <laughs> so welcome to the program, Lorna. Thank you, and thanks for the beautiful um, introduction. Oh, my pleasure. So you've, you've had the experiences that many people have had. Some people recover, hopefully most of them, and get on a better path. Other people don't, and we want to help people understand. So let's talk for a minute about your own love disaster. Tell us about what happened to you. Well, I struggled with love for many, many years, well into my uh, 30s, and I didn't know why I was struggling until the last guy I went out with before I changed my life. I call him my one bad boy too many. Um, (laughs) He was, you know, I used to have these instant relationships. We'd meet, and it would be high chemistry, and we'd, you know, I love you the next day, and we went out for a very short period. He left. He didn't care. And I was in bits. And the worst thing, and I don't really need to start with this part, but you know, this is a low point for me that I don't like admitting, but I'm, I'm, I am admitting if people, um, if, if it helps somebody. I remember my thinking at that time. I was thinking that he was better looking than me. And the only way I would get him was if I jumped into bed with him. Because I wouldn't have had him any other way and you know I was a relationship type girl and I was like all these other girls do and like what a low point what a low self-worth but where this all stemmed from that I know now from my journey was when I grew up I didn't see my parents relationship as something I aspired to have Mm. My mom, my dad was the boss of my mom, and I hated that. I hated that um, my mom would just jump to his every demand. And I did not want what I saw. For that reason, I ended up attracting men that were very the same, the very same, and I, I didn't know it, especially my late 20s and early 30s. I mean, I dated every guy you shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And when I think back, um, I got myself in very dangerous situations, but lucky for me, I got out. But my father was controlling. Mm -hmm. And he was the boss of my mother. And, you know, I'd love to share some of the, the, the signs that I saw when I was young that I know now. And... One of them was he wouldn't let my mom go visit her, her sisters or her mom. There was, there was always a fight if she wanted to go visit anybody. And if she did go visit somebody, she would do it when he was working long hours hard and he wouldn't find out. Um, he was in control of the finances, so my mom was left kind of ignorant, um, kind of dependent on him. And that's a very big sign of control. She was dependent on him f- for her living. 
and I feel controllers do that. Oh, and uh, they do. They do, for sure. I just want to add something into your story because I hope everyone's listening to the different language that Lorna is using to talk about hijackal behavior. Now, we don't know about her dad if he was a hijackal or not, but we know already that he wanted to control things. And that's a big, big red flag, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And me watching this growing up was like, that's the last thing I want. But because I had such a strong emotional charge to it, um, which I'd love to talk about later, how to let go of that, um, I would attract the very thing I didn't want. Sure. Um, And I would attracted men like this. I attracted men who didn't like my friends, um, would point out what's wrong with my friends. Uh, If I went out on on a night out, they didn't want to go or they'd start a row about it or there was a problem about it. Um, you want to think back what I tolerate it. Oh my God. Another thing that my dad did a lot of was everything was your fault. Um, there was something wrong with you. Nothing was good enough. When uh, we rode horses, I rode horse for years and I would come off that animal and all I listened to in the car on the way home is everything I did wrong while everybody else was getting eliminated, you know, a lot worse than what I did. And that became your being. And I always thought I was not good enough and I didn't have the self-worth. And when you feel like that, you attract men who treat you like that. I remember the first guy who treated me well. I nearly threw up in the toilet because it was so foreign to be treated nicely. Oh, my. You know, it was so... And I... I I'd like to share that sometimes when you're changing your life initially, it can feel negative because it's so different to what you're used to. And whatever we grow up in, it, it's comfortable to us even when we don't like it. I remember True. I remember working with a therapist and she said to me, you know, I came in after this, when I hit rock bottom after this bad relationship I had. And she said to me, you actually like being miserable. And I was like, what? I was really offended by this. But that was my my norm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't think I'd go so far as to say you liked being miserable. I think that probably was a wake-up call for you, but I don't think that was a very uh, kind or honest thing to say. Because until we realize that we have been groomed by our parental experience to view relationships and ourselves in a particular way, we don't we're not consciously going out and saying, let me see if I can attract the wrong person. No. We, ju- we just simply do because our brain development is such that all that time, even before we have language, we're observing what's going on in, in our homes. And so this is getting into our very pores, like this is what I deserve. This is the way relationships go. This is how men and women are. And even though our conscious brain said, I don't want any way that the way dad's treating mom and I don't want to be like mom, Everything else went in there subconsciously. So it takes a moment, whether it's the harsh words of a therapist, I hope it's not always harsh, but I hope it's always honest, to say, hey, you know, you you got here organically and you got here uh, completely naturally. Now you have the opportunity to reassess and say, I don't like here. I'd like to go somewhere else. So what happened then? How did I get to the other side? 
Yeah. Well, after this therapist told you that that you were, <laughs> this was your issue. What she did you do? She was actually amazing. She was very loving, very kind, and just showed that I didn't have boundaries. She showed me that um, that I was emotionally shut down. Uh, and that's really important for a quality relationship. You will not attract a quality relationship till you're kind of in the right place yourself, that you can express your emotions, that you're available to be vulnerable, that you can open up your heart. And these were the areas I, I, were, I was stuck and she used to ask me about my, um, you know, into the past, and I would go blank. It was really, mm. really shut down I was. And I remember her sharing, and this is what's very powerful for people changing their life. I remember her sharing with me to feel my feelings, even the ones that were painful that I didn't want to feel. And the, doing those things actually sets you up for a healthy relationship. And when I think of what I grew up in and what I attracted to where I am now, what changed? I broke the pattern. Exactly. And that's what's so important. And what a wonderful job she did to be able to show you that you were in that subconscious, unconscious pattern. And so you were just following along with what your life so far had, had dictated. And she told you you had choice that you could, in fact, get in touch with your feelings. So if any listeners are, are realizing that they've shut down in order to protect themselves, because that's what we're doing, is just recognize that, okay, feelings hurt, but feelings aren't bad. There's a really good um, post that Lee Nielsen uh, um, posted about lo real lo love does not hurt. It's not being loved that hurts. And I used to find this very, very powerful. Uh, but, you know, I, I growing up taught men were horrible. They were bad. They were mean. There's mm -hmm. no nice ones. I, you know, all the typical things you hear, uh, you know, they lie, they cheat. And when you think like that, you'll, you'll gather evidence that shows you that. I remember being with a friend one time and she was telling me, how this married guy wanted to be with her and da, 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 da. And she's like, what will I do about it? And, and I said, get out of there. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I was, yeah, I changed my life at this stage. And she said, uh, oh, but I like him. And I was like, okay, why do you want to stay there? And she goes, I don't want to get hurt. And the interesting thing about that is she, that situation is setting her up to be hurt you know? Mm -hmm. um, and when we live in that, that feeling of getting hurt, we attract situations into our life that give us this, that, that create the very same thing we don't want until we shift that. Yes. Yes. And, and that shift is the moment when the light comes on and all of a sudden we say, oh my, you know, I've been going down this pathway because it's the only pathway I knew and I had been trained carefully that I didn't deserve better. You know, like thinking of your friend. Well, 
she didn't expect that these people who were already hurting her, she says she doesn't want to leave them because she doesn't want to be hurt. And she needed to see the opposite of that. She was being hurt every single minute she was in that relationship. And that's a real issue. So we want to talk about that further and to explore what we can do to move from one side, which is I'm attracting what I don't want, and yet I don't know how to attract what I do, to I'm attracting what I do want, and life is in complete happy mode. And so we're going to talk about that further. Yeah, how I started... Hi, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler. Handling hijackles is exhausting. It's never-ending. An endless cycle of crazy-making, alienation, and constant drama. And cycles are difficult to step out of. I know, because I've been there too. And that's why I reach out to you to offer the insight, skills, and strategies you need to heal. My small group programs, Handling Hijackles, and Hijackle Recovery and Rediscovery will shortcut your journey to healing. To save your sanity, and to stopping the crazy making. Visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join now and let's talk soon. All right, so moving from attracting every bad boy in the land to finding the men that move us, that support us, that lift us, and that we can have a mutual relationship is what I'm talking with with my guest, Lorna Poole. And if you want to know more about Lorna, you can go to lornapool.com, and that's pool with an E on the end, lornapool.com, and uh, learn more about her journey, but learn more about how to take the journey yourself. So Lorna, this shift now from being attractive to and attracted by the people that you didn't want in your conscious life to attracting who you do want and knowing that you deserve to be treated well. What were the first steps for you? The first step for me was not wanting my old situation. It was repulsive it, it would you know you have to get to the stage where the thought of being in that situation again was just not an option and when I hit that point I looked for answers and when I looked for answers I found them everywhere hmm. uh, I read books I I studied the inner child I I worked with that lady I we were talking about earlier and what else helps you change your life is Anything you fear, you need to walk out the other side of. And it is the most beautiful journey you will ever take. Happiness comes when you start to accomplish for you and you start to do good things for you and you start to believe in yourself. So you've got to find the old repulsive. Then you have to make a decision do or die. I got to the stage of do or die. I was very sick at the time when I crashed. I um, had lost weight. I was get. I was panicking. I 
I was crying all the time. I actually don't know how, how I hit it at the time at work. And I was in such a do or die situation. I, it's the choice that changed my life. And, and then and it was a matter of taking the steps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so many people have to get to that rock bottom. And that's unfortunate. You know, that's one of the reasons that I do the Relationship Help Show is that if we can reach some people and that people share the show with people who are actually suffering in silence and they may not even know they're suffering in silence. They may think, this is all I deserve. This, this is, yeah. you know, and then there are those wonderful people, often called parents, who say to you, well, you made your bed, young lady, you lie in it, and therefore they're not listening. And if you happen to be with a hijackal, the hijackal has charmed your parents, yeah. charmed your friends. Yeah. So when you go and say, I'm being treated badly, they say, oh, there must be something wrong with you. He's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes the journey doubly difficult. So I just want to point that out for folks because this turning point for you is a turning point that everyone can actually get to a little earlier than rock bottom. Yes, absolutely. And it, it just starts with a choice that you want something different and just take the first step. And that can be as simple as reading a book, looking at a YouTube video, following the likes of Roberto who has amazing content on the hijackal and toxic relationships. Absolutely. If you start looking for the answers, they, sh they show up. And once you let, let go of that emotional charge to what you don't want, um, your heart starts to free up and you start to open up and you start to believe you can actually have a really great relationship with a really great guy. And the more you believe in you and love you for who you are, the more the right type of person starts to come into your life. Like a controlling guy now or a bad boy wouldn't even speak to me because I just radiate. I ain't interested, you know, I, because a player or a bad boy is only a guy that's hurt or has his own stuff. And they are attracted to somebody that fills their need. I don't feel their need anymore. So they don't even come near me. Oh, I so get that because, you know, the reason I do my work, yeah, sure, I have a PhD in psychology and I, I've done this work for a long time, but the reason that I specialize in helping the partners and exes and adult children of hijackals is because I am one. I was one. I have been one. So I know exactly, you know, I had the same thing because I was abused as a child, uh, quite abused sexually. I had the same thought that you expressed in part one of our interview, which is, well, you know, I, I was too smart for all of them. So I knew that I knew enough to keep my mouth shut. Um, but I thought, all right, well, you know, if they're attracted to me physically, that's a good start. And so I, I too have been down that path and it's a hard one path. And that's why we do the work that we do. I'm sure that's that's part of why you made the shift from just talking about the bad boys to talking about how to get the good ones, because that's what people need to know. Um, I can certainly 
push people away from the bad ones and let them understand the shift. And then they need to go looking for the good ones and the right ones. And, and that's a difficult journey for many people. So when we, when we are on that path, we have to believe, as you say, that we are going to be an absolute repellent now for those ones we don't want, and we're going to be an attractor for the kind and the intelligent and the caring and the supportive. And you know the word that was so important to me, Lorna? I wanted to be cherished. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what a good man will do, cherish you. That's another shift for the person who's changing their life. I always find when you're working with people is they have to get to a stage inside themselves that they find it a turn on to be treated well. They find it a turn on that a guy will do those little things like kiss you goodnight, um, tell you I love you. I'm talking about in a healthy way now because um, <laughs> people will do it. and You know, they, they get on well with your friends. They Everything's equal. It feels good. Um you've no doubt in your mind about the relationship, right. you know, you, you have to start, you have to get to a point where that's attractive to you because, you know, I hear a lot of women go, but I'm kind of attracted to a bad who treats me badly. They are. And until you decide, sorry, that's not for me anymore because being treated well is a thousand fold better than going out with somebody like love is not pain. Bottom line. It is not pain. Real love feels good. You feel light. You feel yourself. I remember asking a friend. I want to share this very quickly. When I was changing my life, and this is a really good exercise for people to do, I asked my friends who were all in healthy relationships what they liked about their partner. One of my friends said, I love that I'm in a partnership, but I have the freedom to be me. Yes. And that, I was like, I so want to, I so want to have that. Yes. And I have that. Yeah. And, the, and that's what I call the, the spectrum between autonomy and mutuality, that you have autonomy to be you, and that's what they're attracted to. That's the person they like. Yeah. And yet you have all of the joy of companionship, mutuality. And there are three things, Lorna, that I believe we absolutely need in a healthy relationship, and that's equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. Yes. And if we don't have those things we're settling for far less than we yeah. can have yeah. and that will actually fill you up and allow you to be free to express who you are without looking over your shoulder saying, is this good enough? You know, will you like me if I tell my truth? We don't ever want to be there. We want to be us and be appreciated and acknowledged and listened to and heard um, and accepted for who we are. And I can say from my current relationship that we were both in the relationship because we want to be here, not because I'm obligated, not because he tells me I should do a certain thing. No, it's I'm here because it feels good, it feels right, it works, and I'm happy, you know. And if you've, if you've been in a hijackal or a toxic relationship, you can have this, you know. Um, <laughs> But I, I know what else helps people and helped me when I was starting off. I used to have a poster on my wall, one of controlling and one of what's healthy. You need a model 
of what's healthy, like you said about the mutual the respect you, and the, being equal. You need a model to go to. You need to know what that looks like so that you have the inner strength when these wrong guys show up for a little while as you move to say, no, this is not for me anymore. And keep moving to what you want. Yes. And that task, you know, as you do with your clients so well, I'm sure, because you've had the experience and you've got that lived sense of it, is to help people understand and give voice to what they most want. And that they then give them permission to have it. Yes. Because that permission piece is huge. If we don't have the internal permission to say, I don't like this, or I don't like being treated like that, then we'll just keep taking what we're given. And that's a pivot point, I think, in shifting to having a healthy relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So when, when you're, you are working with someone and they turn that corner, can you give words to what that looks like when you see someone just turn that corner from turning their back on dysfunction and moving towards love? There's two things that happen. One is, thank you, you give me back myself. When you hear that, that is amazing. You gave me the biggest gift, you gave me back myself. And the second thing is they'd show up on the call and they go, I met this guy and I like him and he did, he did this and he treated me really well and, you know, I feel really good and I got a great kiss and da, da, da. And then the, girl, the woman who hasn't changed goes, I like him, but, <laughs> met on a date, um, but I haven't heard from him since. Or, and then he called me the other day and I'm, I don't really know what he means. You know, you get this sort of happy call and he's like and he did this and he was lovely and I you know I really like him and it's light and it's fluffy and it you know it just sounds healthy (laughs) yeah I mean that's the big thing it sounds healthy (laughs) Um, and and that's where we want to be Uh, Lorna this has been great that you've been able to articulate so clearly from your journey and walking with other women how they move from one place to the other. And I know that we both want everyone to know that it is possible for you to have a healthy, loving, mutual, respectful relationship. But only if that's what you want and that's what you're willing to wait for and what you're willing to move toward and say no to all the others. So do you have one last word of wisdom? Yes. Everything's related to self-worth. And if you build your self-worth, you will treat yourself so well that not being with the right guy is not an option. Yes, yes. And on that note, if this interests you, you go to lornapool.com. That's L-O-R-N-A-P-O-O-L-E.com. Learn more about Lorna. Then stay around here each week because we have more and more information about how to move toward healthy relationships and away from those people who hurt us. Thanks so much for being with us, Lorna. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Robert. My pleasure. No matter what's happening right now, life can get better. If you have a good relationship, it can become great. 
If your relationship is in trouble, we can find a solution. The good news is that it's in your hands to start. The not-so-good news is that it takes time, new insights and skills, and a whole bunch of willingness. But who would settle for less? Not you, right? Good. You want to feel seen, heard, known, accepted, and appreciated. You want honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability, too. Read my book, Kaizen for Couples, available for download at couplesbook.com. Start there, and let's talk soon. In my Facebook group, Optimize Life, someone asked a question recently, and they she asked, she said, I, I've been in two relationships with hijackals, these very difficult people. I don't even know if I could ever trust someone again. I don't know where to start. I'm afraid. I think maybe I'll just be single for my whole life. She said, what, what should I do? What should I think about? What should I, what steps do I take to feel better, to feel confident, to feel like I can? Because I don't really want to be alone all my life, but I just don't feel I can trust anybody. So my answer to her was this. First of all, you have to be able to trust yourself. And basically, the problem that you're asking me about is you're not trusting yourself because you feel that you chose those hijackals. And when you feel that you chose them, and in a sense, you did, you, you certainly did, you said yes to them. But in that sense, you missed a few things that I want you to point out early on here before we talk about how to, how to get more trust in your life. Uh, the first thing is that you were targeted by a hijackal. That's very different than choosing one. And yes, you may think that it's a distinction without a difference, but it isn't. When you choose someone, you go first. You say, I want that one. But the hijackal does that for you. And then they do everything they possibly can, he or she, because there's just as many male female hijackals as male. Did I say that correctly? Because there's just as many female hijackals as male hijackals. When that person just blew your mind that I thought I chose well and I thought that I had the right person, they targeted you. They proved to you that they were wonderful, that they were charming, that they were trustworthy, that they were loving you. And they did their best to do that. And that's what hijackals do. They do their best to be as seductive as possible, as charming as possible, as much like they think you want as they can possibly muster up. And so that's the beginning. And we call that the love bombing stage because it's all about getting you to want to be with them. And though, even though over the beginning of your relationship, maybe, you know, in the first year, maybe you dated for a whole year and they got more and more impatient and little things happened. 
little slips of the tongue, little mean things, little backhanded things. And you would say something about them and they would immediately say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And you looking at that, instead of taking that as a red flag, you wanted to justify that, oh, they didn't mean that. I'm going to trust that person. And that's where the trust all started to go sideways because they were doing what they were doing in order to win and get you into their corner. And once they got you into their corner, they wanted nobody else around you so that you would be dependent on them. And their hope was that you would be 100% dependent on them telling you whether you had worth, whether you were good looking, whether you were uh, somebody somebody would find attractive. Um, they would tell you your career moves. They would tell you what you should think and what you should feel and what you should want and what you should need. And in the beginning, when you're falling in love, you're in a hormone haze and it all sounds so wonderful. Somebody is really almost in your head and in your body and understanding what's good and you begin to rely on them because that's what you do when you're developing a healthy relationship. But the problem is that you saw the red flags and for some reason you did not want to pay attention to them because it would ruin the dream. It would ruin what you were hoping for. And you got hooked on that hope that that person was who they presented themselves to be in the beginning. So perhaps you married them, perhaps you lived with them for a long time, perhaps you had children with them because they're always in a hurry. Often you'll know a hijackle by the fact that they see you on the first date and they say, I just know I'm going to marry you. Or I, I don't know you, but I love you. And it's all a big push to move in, to get married, to have a baby. You know, all of those things are power moves, ways to get you in. So of course, you trusted them. They betrayed your trust over and over and over. And it might have taken a bit of a two by four to the head to get you to realize there's a pattern here. And much as I'm hooked on hope and I'm hoping to see that person that I fell in love with, they just show me that person when they don't want me to leave them. And so you get hooked a few times or you leave and you come back. And that's what we call hoovering. So you get hoovered back in believing that the person you met in the beginning, the one that you're hooked on hope has reappeared. And then you know, nothing changes. You go back, it's the same thing. And so I've, I've known people who have left and gone back six or seven times before that universal two by four to the side of the head finally said, no more, enough. So now you want to go out in the dating world and you're thinking, if I didn't have the radar, as I've talked about in another, another audio, if I didn't have the radar, do I have it now? Can I trust myself? It's not about trusting other people. It's about trusting yourself. You know what hijackles do. You know what they say. So you have to develop that radar that I spoke of in that other recording. Um, and you have to know who you are. So when you go out into the dating world, you don't go looking for somebody who will love you. You go with your criteria looking for the person that you 
want in your life. So that's number one. You're going to start, you're going to be the chooser now, not the other person. And when you both choose each other, then we have a different relationship, a healthier relationship. Now, again, you could argue that the hijackal and the hijackal bait chose each other. And on some level, of course, they did. But it was a subconscious level from the, from the early days of their life. And you're not there now. You're a different person. You've been burned. You've been hurt. You've been betrayed. You've been lied to. You've been manipulated. You may have been cheated on. And so you're wiser now. So building trust is trust in yourself. Do you know that you are trustworthy? Do you know that you can go and look and listen to someone telling you who they are and that you can listen to your gut? So very important. You know, some of these things I've said before, but sometimes we need to hear them many times before we actually get it. You know, you you knew the signs, but you were subconsciously aware of them. Now that you have been through this, take enough time to get some help to see what was it that I missed and why did I miss it? And that'll help you a lot. But in order to go out again, you have to trust yourself, your judgment, your idea of what it is that you want. And trust doesn't come easily. So take your time. I always tell my clients, take at least one trip around the sun with somebody before you ever discuss making a relationship permanent. One whole year, because most hijackals cannot keep it up for a year. They can't keep up the charade. They can't keep up being the chameleon. They can't keep up being that person that you really, really want. So don't fool yourself. All the trust is trust in yourself. It's not about trusting other people. And I want to make that very clear to you. So work on trusting yourself, listening to your gut, you know better now. Get help if you need it. I'm always here. Go to for relationship help. Take a course. Come and work with me privately. Let's talk, but let's build trust in yourself. Talk soon. There you have it. If you want more, you can work with Dr. Shayla directly. She's eager to help you resolve your relationship issues. Have a question? Call in early to next week's show to talk with Dr. Shaler on air. Get her expert insights and advice by subscribing to her blog, newsletter, and YouTube channel. We're here for you. Don't be a stranger. Join us again next week. And in the meantime, visit forrelationshiphelp.com.